normally this time of year, I get into a mood or a mode, I guess, where I'm reflecting, right? It's towards the end of the year. The holidays are around. You're seeing maybe more people, friends, family, whatever. And it just kind of gets you in that state, or at least for me, it does. And so it became tradition to around Thanksgiving, maybe sometimes on Christmas, just depends on how things play out. I sit down and I watch the Godfather trilogy. And some years it's only been the first film because I, that's all I have time for. But most times it is all three films and not necessarily all in the same day, maybe not even the three days in a row or whatever, but between November and December, I work in those films somewhere. And so I did that again this year, this Thanksgiving, I went and watched all three of those films again. And the reason I kind of go into that is those films, all three of them, and, you know, look, you have your feelings on which one's better, which one's worse. I think most people seem to agree the third one is not the greatest. But if you see that new re-edited cut of it, where Francis Ford Coppola went back and kind of restructured the film, and I think it actually it actually works. You know, it, it kind of rebalances things a little bit. Now, if you have a problem with certain parts of the film or certain characters or whatever, it doesn't really change that, but at least it flows a little easier. You know, it's not such a, uh, you know, the original cut was a real slog in some ways. And even the first two films, they have their moments where they kind of drag a little bit. But with all three of them, I think the idea is that you have to experience it. You have to sit and watch these things play out and really understand them and like digest them, you know? And so for me, uh, it's a thing where if I watch those films today, I mean, I've been doing this, uh, let's say, tradition or whatever for, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years at this point. And... So you could say I've seen all those films at least that many times, if not more. And yet, um, whenever I watch them, whenever I put them on, I still somehow see something new. And for a film that I've seen so many times, you would think, well, I kind of know, because there are films like that. I have seen those films. Some of them I've talked about here, where I know them word for word. I know them beat by beat. I know all the little corners and the turns and everything that happened in them. I can recite the dialogue when it's happening. You know, the, everybody's got those films that they're, they're just their favorites. And these are certainly favorites, but they're films that um, I still kind of take something new away from. And I think part of it is because it's not that the films are changing. Of course, they are what they are. Even the third film being re-edited, it's still the same film, essentially. I think what it is, is as you move through life as the viewer, you know, you go through experiences, you get older, you have different people in your lives, different relationships, family, whatever. 
it kind of colors how you see that story. And I'm, uh, that's true of every story. It's true of every film. But because those films have so much going on in them, so many characters, so many uh, plot lines and threads, and there's three of them, and you spend a lot of time with these same people, it feels very familiar. And yet when you're going through different periods of life, different stages of life, you can look at those films and see something new because you maybe identify with a different character than you did uh, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. So watching those films, it, it's really an experience for me still. And they always still kind of fool me about when they were made. You know, because that's the other thing is the filmmaking, the craft of it all is so on point. That I forget that they didn't make those films in the 40s and 50s. So when those films do what they do to convince you that, no, this is, you know, 1953 or whatever. I mean, you just know that you've got real talent at work, whether it's the director, whether it's the cast or whether it's the costume designers or the, the locations, you know, the, the, the vehicles that you see, the everything in the film it's really seamless. Like you just cannot tell that these films were made in a different time than you're seeing on screen. They really feel like they were made then. That's the way it always comes across to me. So all of that is to get to sometime last year, I did go through a kind of a wave of Italian giallo films, these horror thriller slasher films from the seventies. And looked at some of the filmmakers, looked at some of the stories and how they affected and influenced a lot of American horror movies and thrillers. And one of them that I didn't get to in that episode was Suspiria by Dario Argento. And, and part of the idea was I knew there was a remake. You know, I know the, the film was remade. And so I wanted to look at these two films together. It's a very specific type of story, I feel like. Like the first film, really, I, I think it belongs in that wave of those films from the 70s. And so how would that be adapted today? You know, like talking about The Godfather, I feel like there's no way you could remake those movies. There just isn't. Because they're so set in the specific time with a specific cast and, and there's just an intangible kind of feel or a, a, a wavelength that those films are on that you really can't duplicate. Now it's not to say you couldn't make a film as good as those today, maybe even about the same type of story, but you couldn't remake a film with, Michael and Vito and Fredo and Connie and Sonny, you just, you couldn't redo that. And so here, I, you know, looking at Suspiria, this came out in 1977, and understanding kind of its place in cinema history, but also what it was trying to say for its time. Um, I'll be honest, it was... 
it was kind of challenging trying to understand this film. You know, the very loose premise of it all is there's this uh, American student and she's going to this dance school or academy in Germany. And part of it is a little bit of the kind of fish out of water scenario. You've got somebody who's in a strange place meeting strange people, but she's got a purpose there. She's there to learn dance and all this. And yet she starts to uncover, well, first of all, like the day, the moment she gets there, there's like a brutal, violent murder that happens with one of the other, one of the other girls at the school. And that sort of reveals that there are other things happening in this place. And the people here, they've got some very questionable motives. And then you start to uncover, oh, this is actually a front for something much darker and deeper. And that's where the film kind of really reveals its, you know, its bloody guts, let's say. Now, the whole premise of the film is, I mean, I understand it. It makes sense, but it's something I can't necessarily relate to. And so, you know, I was trying to hang in there and just follow how it was going and and what, what was really trying to be said here. Now, I guess you could say there is moments of it that are about... Maybe there is a real, actual, true horror underneath. Maybe it's paranoia. Maybe it's fear. You know, uh, there's so many different elements to it of this kind of scenario that you could think, well, all right. I mean, part of this is maybe imagined, but there's a real problem going on here. So, uh, look, I mean, the, the thing is, this film, I guess it tries to tackle some of that or comment on it at least. But where it really excels is in the, just the style of it. I mean, the, the murders that happen in the film are uh, entirely graphic and uh, over the top in some ways. And yet the rest of the film, outside of the gore of it and, and the violence of it, is very stylized. I mean, there's a lot of interesting use of color and light and camera work. And I'll say that I think really the weakest point in this film is the cast. Like I just, none of the characters or at least the the people playing these characters, none of them really like engage, like hooked me in. Like, I'm, I want to see what's going to happen to this person. I, it just it just felt very flat. So then you're just left with whatever engine is driving the plot, which there's not a lot of meat to it. And so where this ultimately ends up is the student, Susie, she discovers this school that she's at. It's actually a kind of a secret like a, was it, a coven of witches, right? There's actually something under the surface here that's way more um, disturbing than she could have imagined, or even we as the audience would have imagined. And so, you know, I, I think um, on this film, at least on the original here, 1977 version, 
I can understand like how kind of eye-opening it was, but yeah, I mean, and really that speaks to the pretty solid use of practical effects and the gags that that happen, you know, the the murders, they feel very real. And so finding a way to pull off some of these murders while showing them on camera, like they're, we're not hiding anything. Pretty inventive. And yet, I, I mean, it, it does feel kind of dated. This film feels like it's right in that window before they really perfected it and made it actually totally convincing of what's happening. It feels a little bit antiquated. I can appreciate it for what it is in terms of the filmmaking, in terms of what it was trying to do, but I just couldn't find a lot here to really hold on to. So then when we come to the remake from 2018, it's a little bit of a different story. Because if you're familiar with the film, the original, you pretty much already know what you're getting. And so how do you remake that and make it new for someone who knows the original film. But also, how do you make it interesting for somebody who knows nothing about the original film? Because this premise, even, it's such a tiny little narrow corner of whether you want to call it the world of like dance school or, or even just the experience of being uh, young and being in a new place or having to, you know, maybe transcend some cultural barriers or, or, or that kind of thing. This film tries to do something with all of that beyond what the original did. And I feel like it succeeds in a few ways because the, the, the most notable difference, if you've seen the original, the most notable difference with the remake is that it's structurally pretty different. It's actually told in chapters. You know, the opening of the film is entirely different. Like we don't get Susie arriving in Germany and then going to the school and then a murder. Like that's how the original film kind of opens. And this one, it takes us time. It, we don't even see Susie for a little while. We're learning more about the period. We're learning more about the setting, like uh, Germany, Berlin, you know, the 1970s. We're establishing a very different visual, like like palette. You know, this doesn't have the bold colors and the strong light and shadow. It's very different. It's much more muted, much more... Um, it's, it's really kind of actually, it feels a little more like oppressive, like the, just the color palette, the tones of it all. And so right there already, if you knew the original film, you, you, you know, this is something different we're going into. And if you don't know the original film, it's clean slate. Or, or, let's just go with what we're seeing. Cool. That said, I mean, with this visual difference, just the, the language that we're establishing with the remake, it also has some very different kind of camera work and, and even some of the editing, some of the cuts. It, it feels kind of unpredictable. You kind of know from watching enough movies, you know, like, 
well, when this happens, that's supposed to happen. And then the next thing, you know, whether you're cutting in a scene of dialogue or you're cutting some action, you got to know where things are supposed to quote unquote go. And this film has its moments where it totally ignores that and it does something different. And so it throws you off and it's a real subconscious thing. If you don't know about like filmmaking and, and the techniques or whatever, you won't necessarily know why, but you'll know like something feels off with this film. Like, why is it kind of behaving this way, so to speak? And so this film, it, the remake at least takes us more into these characters. It gives us a little more emphasis on the dance element. You know, this is a story set in a dance academy. So let's see these characters dance and like actually do this stuff that they're here for. So we get more emphasis on that. We get to see scenes of them learning and training and trying to understand and break down the movements. We get a feel for the power of the movements. You know, there's some real stuff in here where, you know, you've got Dakota Johnson playing Susie. You've got uh, Mia Goth. You've got uh, even Tilda Swinton's in this film. We see these characters really doing some pretty intense, kind of raw, like animalistic almost. The, the, the movement, the physicality of it, it, it feels much more brutalist in a way, if, if that's the right word. It feels more intense. And this is outside of the whole, like, oh, there's someone going to die over here or some weird stuff going on over there. Like, we're just talking about, like, the core of the story. Like, that's where I think this film works better because we at least establish, like, here's the thing everything else is supposed to orbit around. And then, so when... Someone does get murdered over here or something weird happens over there. Oh, it, it, then we get things pushed to the next level. It's much bloodier and much more graphic and much more convincing than the original. And when we get to the point towards the end of the film, I guess the third act, when we start to uncover the whole thing with the witches and all this, Oh, yeah, it goes beyond. I mean, there's a sequence at the end of the film. Um, I, I guess you could say kind of like the showdown, in a sense, that is nothing like you would have seen in the original film. It is absolutely bonkers. And it's violent, and it's disturbing, and yet it's also, it, it, because there's like an element of choreography to it in a way, it's also kind of mesmerizing. I, I don't know how to, without going into details, I guess, but it's like some of it's in slow motion. Some of it is just framed and shot in certain ways that it looks, it almost looks very kind of balletic in a way. It looks a little bit dance-like. And so um, I can at least appreciate that. And, and I acknowledge that that's a, I think, an intentional difference from the original. Like, we're not just going to kind of give you a loose plot line to follow and some whatever characters. We're going to really build these things out. And when things really start to go crazy... 
you'll at least be a little more invested. And so is this a successful remake? Is this a better than the original remake? I would say yes. Now, I know for people who they follow the Giallo wave and they follow Dario Argento and all of those films from that era, that probably doesn't sound so nice. But I think if you know those films and just the the handful or, or whatever that I've seen up to this point, you have to acknowledge like they, they are rooted in the 70s. They are rooted in that time, whether it's the writing of it, the, the filmmaking, the 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 casting, like those things were at a certain point and we've moved beyond that now. And so in 2018, you have a much more sophisticated audience. So you have to have a better plot. You have to have better writing. You have to have a more convincing cast. And so you have to acknowledge like there are certain things that are going to be better. Now, again, going back to The Godfather, I feel like that was a film that was, in many ways, ahead of its time, let's say. Because we're talking about a film that came out in that same era, in the 70s. But the filmmaking was already on point. We're talking about the directing, we're talking about the editing, we're talking about the cinematography, the acting, of course. Everything is top-notch. And so, this, you know, Suspiria, the original, you could see where things were meant to be. But you can also feel like they didn't quite get there. Maybe it felt that way in 1977, but today it doesn't feel like it. Now here, 2018, or now, today, 2023, the remake feels like it lands a lot more of those points in a much better way. Now maybe it feels drier to you. Maybe it feels kind of gratuitous in the in the violence of it or the gore of it. But again, I think that's just a matter of, it's a different sensibility. It's a different time. Maybe you like something that feels a little less real or less convincing. Okay, maybe the original is for you. But for me, I think it's a very clear kind of decision of like, which is better? And I'm going to say it's the remake. And it's only because I feel like you can see a lot more thought and work that went into it. Now, all of this to say, of course, I still kind of, it took me a little time and a little adjustment to get into this storyline. Like just the premise itself. I just, I don't know. I don't, I didn't find it all that intriguing. Like this is not a film I would have necessarily sought out on my own. If, if this were never remade, I might have never seen the original, put it that way. To me, this was a little more about like the, the uh, science of it, of comparing these two films. If you ask me if there's a film that either appeals to me more or does this in a different way, but better, I mean, I would say maybe something like Black Swan. That's a film that tackles, I think, some of the same ideas, but of course it has a whole different plot and a very different premise behind it. And yet it's still just as uh, disturbing and haunting 
as I think this is intended to be. Or if you want to look at something that is probably more flashier and maybe a little more uh, mesmerizing, but also just as disturbing. You know, I talked about it early in the podcast, um, Climax, which is set in a dance academy where someone drugs all the students there and they kind of have like an insane night tripping and dying at the hands of somebody that is not revealed until the end. And it's, it's amazing to watch some of the dance sequences in that. It's also horrifying, like when things start happening and turning into panic. And yet it, it's inventive and like the, the filmmaking of it all, it's, it's got enough that is different than what you've ever seen before. And I'm sure there are probably other films that are in this same uh, little niche that maybe do the same kind of thing. Those are the two I can think of. And so would I recommend those? Maybe I would recommend those over this one or either of these. But if I had to recommend one of these two, I would say go with the remake because it's much more, it's got a lot more meat on the bones. Put it that way. So that's my thoughts on Suspiria and Suspiria. Both of them, of course, made by very distinct and inventive filmmakers who have a very specific kind of style and and type of story that they want to tell. And so for me, it's the remake. But what am I, what do I know about dance school? So that's what you get with Suspiria. In the meantime, you know, look, hey, enjoy the end of the year rush here. I don't know if you did your Black Friday thing. I don't know if you did your Thanksgiving thing. If you're doing your Christmas thing, whatever, be sure to stay safe, stay warm. If you have some time, if you have a minute, go watch something new. <laughs>